After the Second World War, a well-known British chocolate company decided that they saw a gap in the German market to get their chocolate into Germany. So they came up with this amazing plan to relaunch and go into this particular market. And they came up with an amazing chocolate bar idea. They were going to call it gift. It's a marketer's dream, right? They just saw all these husbands buying these chocolate bars and coming home and saying, darling, I have bought you a gift. And then they launched it, but they were perplexed. You see, after they launched this chocolate bar, no one brought this particular brand of chocolate bar. They couldn't understand it. Why is no one buying our chocolate bar? It's delicious. We've got this great market employee, and yet no one is buying it. What they didn't comprehend, because they did a lot of sloppy research, is that the word gift in German translates as poison. <laughs> you see, words have power. And as we look at Proverbs again together today, I hope you've enjoyed our little adventure into this book up till this point. What we've been talking about and what we've been looking at so far is that the book of Proverbs really gives us wisdom for every area of life. And as we talk about this idea of our words today, what we see is really we deal with one of the biggest subjects that we have to deal with because our words are everywhere. Did you know that the average woman speaks 20,000 words a day and the average man speaks 7,000 words a day? Now, there is a joke that I could make there somewhere, I'm sure, but for not wanting to get slapped later by my wife, I will resist making that joke at this particular point in the service. But what I want us to see today is the importance of the words that we speak and how we use our words. You see, our words have the ability to either raise a person up and build them up or to totally and utterly bring them down in a matter of seconds. Every single sentence that we speak has that ability to either devastate or to delight, to energize a person or to wipe them out. And the book of Proverbs is full of wisdom about how we use our words. In fact, the book of Proverbs talks about our tongue, our mouth, our lips, and our words 150 times in just 31 chapters. There is a lot to be said about our words and how we use them. Words are important. You see, right at the beginning of time, God created the entire world with a word. Jesus himself is referred to as the word of God. Words have power. And the main focus of our attention this morning as we open up Proverbs together once again, we're going to be centering on Proverbs 18 and verse 21, which says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The words that you speak today will either bring a person life or deliver death. Everything that you have said this week has brought a person either life or death. And the very first thing that I want us to see as we look at this is that very thing. Words have 
power, and they're powerful for three reasons. Firstly, because our words are everywhere. If the average person does speak somewhere between 7,000 and 20,000 words a day, the chances are that over the course of a day, you are bound to say something which brings life or death to another person. That's why Jesus said these words in Matthew 12, 37, by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. Secondly, our words penetrate. Proverbs 12 and verse 18 says this, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words that we speak have the ability to wreck relationships in minutes. And I'm sure there there is not a person here in this room today or anyone watching online that at some point, maybe even at some point today, has had words spoken over them which have brought emotional life or emotional death to them. I mean, just think about it for a second. Think about a time where someone has spoken words to you at exactly the right moment, in exactly the right time, for exactly the right circumstances. What is it that they said to you which helped you so much? How did it build you up? How did it make you feel? Now think about a time maybe where someone has spoken recklessly to you. What were the words which were said to you in those moments? Some people in this room may have had words spoken over them years ago, decades ago, which, if you're honest, those words are still reverberating and affecting you today. You'll never amount to anything. You're ugly. No one is ever going to want you. You know, in my role, I deal with a lot of hurting people. And do you know something that I've discovered? Hurting people hurt people. They may not go around and punch people in the face, but hurting people can often find themselves lashing out with their words. And I've been on the end of some really, really cruel things at times, and I can tell you from my experience that it cuts deep. Thirdly, Words are powerful because they spread far and wide. Proverbs 16 and verse 27 says this, A scoundrel plots evil, and his speech is like a scorching fire. Words don't just evaporate when we speak them, do they? They are in many respects like burning embers which carry on burning and have the ability to set a whole forest on fire. Have you ever experienced, I wonder, the pain of someone spreading a rumor about you and seeing it spread like wildfire? Again, I can point back to several times in my life and in my ministry where I've spoken to someone in complete confidence Only for a matter of hours, it seemingly is known by everyone because that confidence has been broken and words have been said. And I'm sure if we're honest, we all have accounts like that in our lives, don't we? It's not fun, it's not nice, it has the power to bring down seemingly even the most strong of people. And if you don't hear anything else that I'm saying to you today, hear this, what comes out of your mouth is powerful. You have the ability to speak life and to build people up. Equally, you have the ability to tear people down by what you say. And even further than that, we have the ability to actually wreck people's lives with the power of our tongues. 
The book of Proverbs not only points to the power that our tongue has, it shows us what the wrong use of the tongue also looks like. So let's briefly pick up on some of these things this morning, which are the wrong use of our tongues. Firstly, gossip. Proverbs 20 and verse 19 says this, a gossip betrays confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. Proverbs 18 and verse 8 tells us that some people feed on gossip and others enjoy food. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels morsels. Gossip is something, isn't it, which is often perceived as fun and interesting. That's why at times we all engage in it. But the danger of feeding on gossip, like feeding on anything really, is that we begin to get a little bit of a craving for more of it. But all gossip actually does is hurts. And actually, gossip hurts everyone involved in it. It hurts the person being spoken about, Proverbs 16.28 says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife, and gossip separates the best of friends. It hurts the person listening to it as well, doesn't it? Proverbs 17 and verse 4 says, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip, and liars pay close attention to slander. And gossip actually hurts the speaker of the gossip as well. Proverbs 25 verses 9 and 10 says this, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. The simple fact is, when we use our tongues for gossip, Whilst it appears that actually people might be initially attracted to us because we've got something to say and a story to tell, eventually what it does is it makes us out to be an untrustworthy character and unreliable. And that then stunts our growth of deep-rooted relationships with others because people just won't open up to us anymore because they won't trust us because they'll fear everyone will know what we're going to say. Secondly, another wrong use of the tongue is angry words. Proverbs 29 and verse 22 says this, An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered man commits many sins. In hot-tempered anger, there's this real danger, isn't there, that we become very careless with the words that we say, and we might end up saying things in the cold light of day when we have a rational mind that we would never actually say to another person. But because we're in that heat of a situation, because anger has arisen within us, we find ourselves lashing out with what we say. Thirdly, Another wrong use of our tongue is lying. Proverbs 6 and verse 17 says this, Lying is one of the things that God detests. Proverbs 12 and verse 19 says this, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The Bible talks about the devil as the father of lies. When we look at Genesis and we see what happened at the beginning of time, the way that the devil tempted Adam and Eve to sin was to lie to them. And the fact of the matter is, we are never more like the devil than when lies are coming out of our mouth. 
And we all do it from time to time. Perhaps one of the reasons we embellish the truth and we lie is because we don't completely trust the plans that God has for us. So what happens is we try to take control of everything. Fourthly, another wrong use of our tongue is flattery. Proverbs 29 and verse 5 says, Whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. A flatterer is someone who kind of pats you on the back to find the soft spot in order to stab you in the soft spot the next day. Number five, impulsive speech. Proverbs 29 and verse 20 says this, Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Now, I am pretty sure that we have all experienced the horrors at times of opening our mouth too quickly and saying something that we shouldn't have said. Equally, we've probably all experienced the horrors of having that done to us too. The fact of the matter is, because of our sinful state, because of the fact that we have all sinned and gone astray, As human beings, it often comes more naturally to us to use our tongues for destruction rather than construction. But the good news is today that as people of Jesus, as people who have been redeemed, and as people who have been given life and life in all its fullness, we're not only called by God, but God gives us the ability to use our tongues for good and to build people up rather than to tear them down. And Proverbs gives us a number of images as well as to what this looks like. For example, in Proverbs 10 and verse 11, we see that the words that we speak can be like a refreshing water. It says this, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. I'm sure we have all experienced those times where we have been gasping for a drink, haven't we? Where it's been so hot and we've been outside for far too long and our mouths are just so dry and we are parched. And then you get that water and it goes down your throat and it makes everything better. It revives you. The Bible says that the words that you and I speak can be like that. It also likens our words to a tasty food. Proverbs 16 and verse 24 says this, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. In Israel, honey was both a luxury and it was a medicine too. So with that in mind, the words that we speak have the ability to bring healing to broken hearts. We also see that words in Proverbs are compared to an expensive jewelry. Proverbs 25, 11 and 12 says this, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise man's rebuke to a listening ear. So my question this morning is simple. If our tongues have the ability to bring life and they have the ability to bring death, to be constructive or to be destructive, to heal or to hurt, how do we go about making sure that as people of God, We use our tongues for the right purpose and for the correct motive. So for the remainder of this morning, I just want to use this time to give some practical advice as to how we as Christians tame our tongue and use it for God's glory to build others up. So number one is this. If we're going to be a people who speak the words of life into others, we need to be a people who think more. 
Proverbs 15, 28 says this, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Most of the mistakes that we make with our tongue, we make with our mouth, comes from the fact that we fail to engage our brain and our mouth at the same time. And that is when our words can become piercing to another person's soul. When we learn to think before we speak, we avoid making a mess out of our mouths. We read in Proverbs 26 and verse 4, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him yourself. Sometimes the very best thing that you can do before giving an answer and before speaking is simply hitting the pause button, taking a breath and reflecting before you respond. Secondly, if we're going to be a people who use our tongues for good and not for evil to build people up rather than tear them down, we actually need to talk less. Proverbs 10 verse 19 says, When words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds his tongue is wise. Goes without saying, doesn't it? The law of averages says that the more we talk, the more words that we use, the bigger the chances are we're going to say something at times which is going to pierce a person's soul and tear people down. Abraham Lincoln once said this, it's better to remain silent and be thought of as a fool rather than open your mouth and remove all doubts. Recognising that we should probably talk less will ultimately lead for our words becoming more life-giving. Let me give you some examples this morning of when you should talk less. When you are tempted to say to someone, I told you so. When you're tempted to criticize, when you're tempted to inappropriately judge someone, when you're tempted to correct those minor points, when you haven't actually been asked for your opinion. These are just some of the few ways that we can make sure that we talk less in order to make our words more life-giving. We need to think about what we say and then think about talking Less. Just because you have something to say doesn't mean you have to say it. And just because you have something to say doesn't mean you have to say it behind people's backs to other people as well. Think about what you say and talk less. Number three, in order for our words to speak life, we need to learn to listen better. There's an old saying, isn't there, which, if I'm honest, drives me a little bit crazy. But that saying which says, God gave us two ears and only one mouth because he wants us to listen more than he wants us to talk. Proverbs 19, verse 20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you will be wise. One of the problems is that, if we're honest, at times we all struggle to listen. And simply, we struggle to listen because we're not fully engaged. And when we're in a conversation, what ends up happening is instead of properly listening, we're beginning to formulate what our answer is going to be when the other person eventually stops talking. And as a result, we can miss the point of what they're saying, and we end up speaking hurt into a situation rather than healing words. Proverbs 18 and verse 13 says, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. So let me challenge you this morning. How good are your listening skills? I would hazard a guess that some of you aren't even listening right now. The truth is, we're probably 
all not that great when it comes to listening. But if we become better listeners, we produce better words. Number four, we need to be a people who encourage others. We spoke about encouragement a few weeks back. But what happens is we often get so wrapped up, don't we, in our own lives and our own worlds that we simply don't see when people are struggling and we simply don't see when people are feeling discouraged. And I want to tell you this morning, God wants you to use your tongue to encourage those around you. Proverbs 15 and verse 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. So, what have you done to encourage others this week? How have you lifted up anxious hearts around you this week? Let me ask you this question. If you were paid a pound for every encouraging word that you have said to someone this week, but you had to give away 50p for every negative or critical thing that you have said about someone this week, would you be sitting here today rich or poor? I'm not going to ask you to answer that, but it's an interesting thought, isn't it? So often what comes out of our mouths is criticism and critical thinking rather than looking for those things that we can encourage those around us about. There's that old saying, isn't there? If you can't think of anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I want to change that this morning and say, if you can't think of anything nice to say, think of something nice to say. There's always something you can say to encourage another person around you. There's always something that you can say to lift people's spirits and to make them see that they're valued and they're loved, not just by you, but by the God who really cares for them. If we want to see the body of Christ built up, if we want to see our friends and our family built up, learn to be an encourager. You know what? Encouraging people are rarely lonely people. Because we're naturally attracted to those who are going to encourage us. When was the last time that you thought to yourself, do you know what? I really want to hang out with negative Norman today. Because you know, he is just so critical and I love that. Never have you. In fact, if we're honest, we tend to avoid those people who are going to be a little bit negative and a little bit critical. Because we find it brings us down too. The next piece of advice I would say this morning actually comes from cutting other people a little bit of slack. If we're brutally honest, we have incredibly high standards of the behavior of others, but actually, when it comes to our own behavior, we have much lower standards of what we expect. If we learn to overlook a few things at times, we would be happier and healthier for it. And I'm not talking about overlooking sin. We need to be a people who constantly challenge one another about sin. But when people make a mistake or they get things wrong, instead of jumping on them and judging, to allow forgiveness and mercy to reign at times. Proverbs 19 and verse 11 says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to the glory to overlook an offence. To his glory to overlook an offence. If we're going to be a people who speak life, we need to be people who learn to avoid what we've already spoken about, gossip. Proverbs 11 and verse 13 said, A gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. There's a golden rule when it comes to gossip. The more interesting it is, the more likely it is to be false. 
And one of the best ways that you can avoid gossip and listening to gossip is simply refusing to listen to it. If someone comes to you with a juicy thing to tell you about another person, say that you simply don't want to hear it. Tell them lovingly to go and talk to the person in question and not to talk about that person. A couple more and I'm coming into land. If you are going to be a person who breathes life with your words, we need to be people who tell the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's so important that us, as Christ's ambassadors on earth, that we are truth tellers, no matter what the situation is. Proverbs 12 and verse 17 says, a truthful witness gives an honest testimony, but a false witness tells lies. Sometimes, That will mean that we have to lovingly and gently speak truth into a situation. Whatever it is, we must be people who tell the truth. The final thing that we can do to make sure that we use our tongues to build people up is that we need to be a people who stop boasting. Proverbs 25 and 27 says, It's not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to seek one's own honor. Honey is good, but you're not going to sit down and drink a pint of honey because why? It's hard to swallow. And if we are people who seek to make our name great rather than the name of Jesus, we simply turn people away. They don't want to hang around with us and they don't want to be around people who seek their own glory. You know, the tongue is an incredibly hard thing to tame. That's why we read these words in the book of James. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that those who teach are judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and they're driven by strong winds, They're steered by a small rudder, whatever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest fire is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, the world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and it sets the whole course of a man's life. And it in itself is set on fire by hell. You know what? The heart of the matter is simply this. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the main question this morning is simple. Who has your heart today? If it's Jesus, he'll give you the ability to speak life into situations, to build people up, to encourage them on their journeys. If it's not, the likelihood is our words will always have a cutting edge. Who has your heart today? Let's pray together, and then I'm going to hand back to Zoe. Father God, the reality is all of us at times, maybe even today, have used our tongues in a way which has not honored you, not built people up, and hurt people. And Lord, there will be people in this room today who have had words spoken over them 
which have really, really caused pain over the years. And today I pray for release, I pray for freedom. And I pray, Lord, that as the body of Christ, you will help us to be encouragers rather than discouragers, to use our tongues for construction rather than destruction, that we see the body of Christ built up and that we become all that you call us to be. In Jesus' name, amen.